welcome to the Colic Diaries podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Palmer. I'm a mum of two and founder of Colic SOS. Going through the misery of colic myself, I went from being a city lawyer to a colic expert. Throughout this series, I'll be chatting to different experts to provide you with the help you need to get through this tricky stage of parenthood. Together, we'll simplify colic. I am very excited to say that today's podcast episode has been brought to you by the sponsor, Colic Calm. Now, Colic Calm is the number one selling bright water in the US for infant colic and gas relief, and it's becoming really popular over here in the UK as well. It's helped over a million babies worldwide. This fast acting remedy combines eight safe and effective homeopathic remedies that gently encourage a baby's body to heal itself by targeting colic symptoms and providing fast acting relief. Now colic calm eases baby's discomfort, often associated with gas, colic, hiccups and teething. It's pediatrician recommended and completely free of sugar and synthetics like sodium bicarbonate and simeticone. It's also wheat free, soy free, dairy free, gluten free and also free from herbal oils and extracts. And it doesn't contain any animal products. And a big one for me as well is it's palm oil free too. So you can feel confident that your little one is receiving a safe and gentle remedy. So today I am joined by Tamsin West, who is from Seeds of Love Massage and Yoga, and she's a certified breastfeeding counsellor. So Tamsin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Becky. Good morning. Good morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to be talking all about breastfeeding support because breastfeeding has such an impact on colic so if baby doesn't have quite the right latch then it can have a huge impact on colicky symptoms so tam is here to give us all her advice on how we can make sure that baby's happy on the breast and reduce those colic like symptoms so tam why is breastfeeding so important when it comes to colic and getting that right latch well First of all, I've got to say that most breastfeeding issues can be improved by getting the latch right. Even if it doesn't solve the problem, most of the time we do see an improvement with good, what we, look, what we call positioning and attachment. So how you're holding your baby, how you're sitting and how babies actually latch to the breast. So it's always worth going back to those basics if you are having any trouble at all. Brilliant. Um, so when baby is breastfeeding, ideally they're forming a nice seal around the breast um, and that stops air getting in. But if that seal isn't quite forming correctly, then obviously baby's going to be taking in that air um, and that can obviously make them more windy. And then we start seeing some of those colicky symptoms. We might see a bit more reflux for the same reason. Um, and sometimes we hear it, sometimes we can hear baby making a sort of clicking noise when they're feeding. And that is telling us that that, that seal is breaking basically. And sometimes it's caused by something like a tongue tie or if baby has some other um, facial uh, you know, difficulty that, that's causing that. But sometimes it's just because the positioning and the latching is not quite right. Um, so, We've got a really nice acronym that can help us with positioning and attachment, and that's CHINS. Uh, so the C stands for close. We want baby in really close. Ideally, with a small baby, we're not seeing any gap 
between uh, the baby's body and the mum's body, the breastfeeding parent's body. The H is for head. So the head should be free. Now, this is something uh, we, you know, we always talk about supporting baby's head, supporting baby's head. And what can happen sometimes is we get a sneaky finger on the back of baby's head and they hate it and it makes it really difficult for them to latch um, because they can't tip their head back properly to get a nice wide mouth. So when we're supporting baby's head with latching, we want to be supporting around the base of their skull, the top of their neck and under their ears. You don't want to actually have any fingers or hands on the back of their head. Um, so it, it sounds really simple, but it's something that, that we sometimes don't think about or forget. And it can make babies really cross and quite difficult for them to latch. So always make sure that you're not actually touching the back of your baby's head when you're trying to latch them on. Um, you can use your hand under their head uh, as a light support when they are latched, but when they're actually latching, we want to try and make sure we're not doing that. The eye is for in line, so we want to make sure that baby's body is in a nice line. So whatever position they're in, they're not having to turn their head, basically. If you try drinking with your head turned, you'll notice that it's a lot more difficult than if you've got your head straight. So it doesn't matter whether your baby's horizontal across you or vertical down your front or even diagonal or you're lying down or whatever we just don't want baby to have to be turning their head the n is for nose to nipple i'm sure everybody's heard this one uh, the nipple needs to be going quite far back in baby's mouth so when we're sort of lining them up to latch them on we don't want to be doing it with the nipple right opposite the mouth because then it's not going to go in far enough so we want to be aiming the nipple up higher to their nose. You've been thinking about aiming the nipple up the nose. That's quite a, a popular one these days, nipple up the nose. Um, and that's going to make sure that the nipple's going nice and far back in the baby's mouth. If it doesn't go back far enough, the latch is going to be shallow. It's going to hurt and the baby's not going to be getting as much milk. And the S is for sustainable. What that means is that you're in a nice, comfortable position before you start so you know it can be really tempting to just think oh quick get baby on but if you're not comfortable and you're not going to be able to sustain that position it's going to hurt you're going to end up with hunched shoulders achy shoulders and you know nobody's going to be very happy with that so chins is a really helpful acronym close head in line nose to nipple sustainable and that helps us to think about bringing baby's chin in first as well so their chin is touching the breast underneath the nose the area at the top of their mouth is going to be more clear from the breast that's what we want to see okay that's your basic kind of latching latching idea there that's brilliant I love an acronym it always makes <laughs> things so much easier doesn't it to remember <laughs> yeah definitely and that's a really helpful one as I say because we want to think about the chin touching the breast as well um so a really nice position, especially for the early days, is a laid back position. Um, you see this sometimes called uh, reclined or biological nurturing, which is a, a trademark, actually. But it's essentially is the same thing. So when you think about when your baby's born and they're put on your chest and you're lying back, cuddling them, hopefully skin to skin. That's an ideal position to start getting baby breastfeeding because it 
it uh, encourages all of babies' instinctive feeding behaviours. They love that front contact in their body. They can smell the nipple, the breast. They can smell all that, and they can work their way there. So even when babies are a little bit older, when you you know they're not brand new, that can be a really great position to try and encourage them. They often get a nice deep latch. It's really comfy for you as well. You know, you can lie back and watch a bit of Netflix or whatever. My baby's on. And that can be a really nice position. So even if you've been using a different position, if it's not quite going right, you can come back to that and try that laid back position. So just making sure that your, your back is nicely supported with cushions or pillows or whatever. Um, and your, your elbows and everything. And, and baby's weight is on you. So you're not having to hold them up with your own arms. Your body weight is taking that effort. Uh, that can be a really nice one as well. Brilliant. Okay, what about the baby who is gulping? So they kind of hop onto the breast and they're going for it like they've never been fed before. Yeah, gulping. So it's not uncommon in the early days to have too much milk, which sounds like a great problem <laughs> to have. Um, and obviously it's it's better than, than not enough milk but they, it can cause this gulping so when the breasts get very full then we end up with a really fast letdown so when the milk flow starts it's really really fast and some small babies especially can find that quite difficult to cope with you know imagine yourself if something's being poured into your mouth really quickly uh, you're going to be gulping and gasping a bit for air and that obviously you end up then taking lots and lots of air and the same thing happens then. Um, so again, this laid back position, any position where baby's head is higher than their bottom can help with that because gravity is then working in their favor. The excess kind of, you know, drains out more easily. Um, and rather than the sort of classic position that a lot of people visualize is, you know, baby laid across you in the crook of your arm. But that that works for some people, but actually for a lot of people, it's, it's not the ideal position. So, yeah, laid back positioning or um, even having baby kind of sitting, almost straddling your leg and then bringing them on. Then you can then lie back. Um, that can help. We then want to be making sure that we're giving baby time, you know, wind them, have a little break and keeping them upright afterwards for a while that can all help. We would hope after the first few weeks that that oversupply kind of regulates as your body gets used to what your baby's doing with regard to feeding, um, hopefully that would calm down. If it doesn't calm down um, and it doesn't seem to get any better, then that's the point where we, you know, ideally we would go and, and see a breastfeeding counselor or a lactation consultant for a bit of help. Maybe it's that baby isn't feeding quite effectively, again, coming back to positioning and attachment maybe there's something there that we can improve or in some cases you might even need some help to actually reduce your supply but that's something that really needs um you know a bit of specialist help with rather than trying to do it by yourself yeah absolutely and babies as well who are getting too much milk too quickly will often get this lactose overload don't they that's right so um i just want to say a lactose um, it's, it's a really confusing thing. A lot of people worry about lactose intolerance. Babies, babies are not born lactose intolerant. 
because breast milk is actually super high in lactose because it's an amazing um, ingredient for building baby brains. But um, yes, in this case with oversupply, so what happens at the beginning of the feed, the milk is higher in lactose and lower in fat. And then as we go through the feed, that reverses. The, the amount of lactose goes down and the amount of fat goes up. Uh, and what happens if the baby gets this all this milk really, really quickly at the beginning is that they kind of get this lactose overload and the, the enzymes, lactase, that break down the lactose, they get a bit overwhelmed and they can't do their job properly. And it all kind of passes through the gut a bit too quickly. And that can cause very much, you know, these colicky symptoms, reflux, a lot of digestive discomfort in the tummy. Um, we might see some green poo. Green poo can be normal, um, but if it's happening all the time, that might tell us that there's something that we need to investigate there. Um, sometimes it can even be a bit frothy, you know, so not quite right in, in the nappies there as well. Um, so again, we hopefully would see that improve with better positioning, better attachment, and as time goes on, baby gets a bit bigger, the supply regulates. Um, but it might be that there's a little bit of adjustment we can make. So um, normally we would always say, you know, offer the second breast. But it might be that just using one breast per feed is helpful in this particular situation. Um, and again, that might be a situation where you want to talk to a breastfeeding counsellor or even a lactation consultant if you need a bit more help with that. I often hear about block feeding so where where mum just offers one breast for say a full day would you ever advise that yeah I mean it, it would be it's more likely to be kind of a few hours so maybe three four hours <coughs> excuse me rather than than a full day um and it is something that can help in cases of you know real severe cases of oversupply um it in general, we would say kind of avoid it in the first couple of months where your supply is still regulating. Um, because the idea with block feeding basically is to reduce your supply to a point where it's matching baby's needs. And in those first six to 12 weeks, your supply is still working out what's going on as far as baby's needs. So if we can avoid it there, we would, and it might be something we do sort of three or four months down the line. Um, but it, it can definitely be helpful um, in, in cases of oversupply. It's, it's really important that you get that specialist help. So as soon as you think that there's going to be an issue with your latch or with breastfeeding in general, then to seek that support is really, really, really necessary. Yeah, so support is always really important. And there's loads out there. Um, you can call the National Breastfeeding Helpline for free every day. 9 30 and 9 30 um including christmas day that's open um and that is 0300 100 0212 uh, since the beginning of the pandemic they now have a voicemail system where if you aren't able to speak to somebody you can leave a voicemail and they will actually call you back as well um they also have a facebook page you can send private messages and we do support through that as well so uh, you can easily get in touch with the national breastfeeding helpline there's loads and loads of breastfeeding counsellors out there doing free support over Zoom as well uh, or other video calling technologies. Um, 
So, you know, have a, a search on Facebook, even just Google breastfeeding support in, you know, your area, and hopefully you'll find it. Uh, and a, a lot of lactation consultants are also now doing vehicles. Some are still working face-to-face, -face, but obviously it depends on the area and the restrictions and so on. Um, but loads of them are, are doing video calls, and the feedback has been really good on that as well. So um, if you feel that you need to work with a lactation consultant, uh, you can go to lcgb.org.uk and they've got a find a lactation consultant tool there. You will generally need to pay for a lactation consultant's time. Um, so, you know, if you're not sure whether you need that, then, you know, absolutely go through the free routes first. A lot of lactation consultants actually do a lot of free stuff on the helpline and stuff as well. So uh, you'll still get expertise and experience and, and you know, well qualified support um if you go through the free free routes you can also ask what's going on in your area uh, in terms of nhs support but that is uh, a little bit of a postcode lottery especially at the moment unfortunately absolutely yeah um thank you so much Tom. well we can't end well we can't not mention cluster feeding can we I mean, this is a colic diaries and you know we have that wonderful witching hour that so many breastfeeding mums will know about where baby is just wanting to constantly feed kind of and it's usually around tea time isn't it when you're trying to get tea yeah. on the go and then <laughs> they decide that actually that is not their plan you will sit down and you will feed for hours on end why is that it's nobody's totally sure um what we do know is that basically it's upping your supply so it tends to happen quite frequently in the early days and then whenever we see these big growth spurts so around six weeks around three months around four months and these are the times when when we hear parents are really struggling with breastfeeding they're worried about their milk supply uh, and all of that and it's really really common it happens to you know most people um and it's you know, breastfeeding works on a supply and demand basis. The more baby feeds, the more milk you're going to make. So this cluster feeding, what it's doing is increasing your supply in order to match their needs. It seems that most people's milk supply is lower at that time of day. So our milk making hormones are actually at their highest level overnight between about 1 and 5 a.m. So we often wake up, you know, first thing in the morning, massive full boobs even if you fed <laughs> overnight um and then we find by the end of the day that we're not having that feeling anymore and that's totally normal totally normal um and it also at that time of day we find that the milk is actually higher in fat and that seems to in many cases set babies up for that little bit extra sleep so we often find after that period babies have a little slightly longer period of sleep kind of earlier in the night than they do later on in the night. So that seems to be what's happening. They're upping their milk supply and they're getting this really fat rich milk. that's just gonna help them have that little period of, of extra sleep, hopefully. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but that's, that's <laughs> kind of the general pattern that we see. Oh, um, it's amazing because they're just so clever. We're so clever, mums are so clever and babies are so clever. They are. They really, they know what they need and they know what they're doing. But it can be really hard to trust that process and trust them. And it's so frustrating as well. You know, I'm, I'm on my third baby now. I've been, I've been there. He's actually strapped to me at the moment in the sling, having a snooze. Um, you know, I, 
it's really hard and really tiring and really frustrating and sometimes you you know you you do right boob left boob right boob left boob they're still crying you put them in the sling you give them to your partner have a little walk and then you start all over again and sometimes that's what you have to do um but it is normal and it does pass and if you need to talk to somebody you know pick up pick up the phone and, and talk to somebody because oh, Tam, thank you. That. <laughs> oh thank you so much and i know you're really busy with your new little one so how old is she now he's uh, he's five months now oh beautiful well thank you so much for your words advice advice i'm sure it's going to help so many mums especially just starting out on their breastfeeding journey i hope so and good luck to everybody and thank you for doing this podcast becky it's really important and really helpful i'm sure for lots and lots of people oh thank you so much thank you so much to tamsin for her wonderful advice i really hope that has helped some breastfeeding mummies out there because the poor latch can really be a trigger for colic due to that air coming in. So if you think you could benefit from speaking to someone about breastfeeding advice, then don't hesitate to reach out to your local breastfeeding support. It's giveaway time. If you would like to be in with a chance of winning a bottle of colic cam from our sponsor, then all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends and family and tag Colic SOS in your social media posts. Previous winners have already told me it's like a little bit of magic. So make sure you enter if you would like to get your hands on this little bit of magic. Thanks for listening to The Colic Diaries. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, then make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on another one. And why not leave a review too, as I'd love to hear back from you. Now join me next time where I'll be joined by another expert helping you through colic. For more information on colic and my services, check out the website colicsos.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at colicsos.